Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome to episode 384 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast. Welcome back to OMB Reviews, where tonight we'll talk about Halloween Ends, both as a film and as the box office goes. And we will also bid farewell and bid adieu to one of the worst series that has ever come into existence. And I'm so incredibly happy that season one is over so that we can just stop talking about it. And I'm sure that many of you feel the same way. And so don't worry, we will not belabor the point talking about Rings of Power tonight, but it is still something I think worth noting at least uh, briefly. Uh, and of course, we'll have our typical open discussion about movies and pop culture and all that kind of stuff that we typically have with the live chat. And if you have any comments or questions related to movies or, or the box office or, or TV series, anything like that, please make sure you put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment at Odin. Let's me know that you're trying to get my attention, kind of a code word, as we could say for the channel no matter where you are watching we are live on youtube odyssey on rumble and we are live on locals as well we are live all over the place giving plenty of people a plethora of options jefe what is a plethora wife and i watched that film just a couple days ago with the in-laws and it's such a great film every single time we watch it but this actually edition of the film that i got it was a blu-ray edition of the movie it had extra scenes, uh, some some cut scenes that I had actually never seen never seen before. There was a whole new opening to the film, which makes it a much darker start than the uh, comedic opening of them singing. Uh, talking here about Three Amigos, of course, and uh, it was it was really awesome. And what actually prompted us to watch it was my wife and I. And shout out to the Modern Major General Laura Story because she was the one that that was able to let me know that it was coming to my area. But uh, we actually got to see Steve Martin and Martin Short this past weekend uh, here in in Chattanooga, and it was a ton of fun. If for any reason you are nearby their tour uh, this year or <laughs> in the foreseeable future, I highly recommend it. It is a darn good time. We were laughing so much throughout because they are two of the best comedic actors that are still working today, and it, it was just fantastic. In addition to that, you also had uh, the band that sometimes Steve Martin contributes to with his banjo-playing skills. Uh, I think it's the Steep, Steep Canyon Rangers, I think is the name of their band. And they did a great performance as well. They, they were able to play uh, two official songs from their new album, but also were able to play uh, a couple other fun songs too throughout. And it was just a blast. So that's what prompted us to to watch that. But anyway, let's go ahead and get into the chat. Smash the like button, loud the fire button on Odyssey. Smash the rumble button as well. And thank you very much. King Kane Rumshki over on Rumble. Uh, seven people watching. This is the most that I've seen watching on Rumble in quite a while, but King Game Rumshki says She-Hulk. Um, yeah, I guess I could talk about She-Hulk being over as well, but that's that's a show that I, I, I honestly just, I really want to erase that show from my mind. Um, you know, apparently there's word coming out now that they purposefully wrote it to troll uh, the fans, and it just seems like they're coming up with more and more excuses to try to explain how bad it was and it's just such it's such an atrocious wreck i mean as bad as rings of power is and it's bad to say that it's worse than she hulk is just not true i mean she hulk is just gutter complete and other uh gutter garbage 
is what She-Hulk is. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Rings of Power ain't good, but it ain't as bad as She-Hulk. I could say that at least, at the very least. Uh, Low Watermark dropping a $50 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you very much, Low Watermark. I very much appreciate that. Going past uh, YouTube's cut, as YouTube takes 30% of all Super Chats and things like that. So thank you very much for going that route for a $50 donation thing. At Odin, for you, you are gr- you are doing great. Well, Low Watermark, thank you very much for that. And I appreciate you putting the at Odin there as well. Uh, but that is another way to uh, get my attention is you can donate via via Streamlabs and and by all the different uh, means that are available. So low watermark, thank you for continuing to be a huge supporter, not only of my channel, but also of Friday Night Tights as well. So you are a legend, good sir. Thank you very much for stopping by. Uh, getting into the YouTube chat, we got Snortapoopus, Cuber saying, hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on? Hail to you. Master of Gaming. Coming in saying, imagine if Black Adam and Black Panther Wakanda Forever had the lowest second weekend drops for a superhero movie. I don't think it'll happen, but it would be interesting to say the very least. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. They're going to have massive drops because they are superhero films, and that's the nature of them. You typically see for almost all superhero movies, with very few exceptions, it does happen, but very few exceptions, dropping somewhere between 60 and 70% in their second weekend. I believe this past year alone, with films like Doctor Strange 2, and there may have been even another, had, I think, the largest drop-off of any MCU title. And I believe, it. W- I think it was Doctor Strange 2, if my memory serves me. And I want to say it dropped like 68% in its second weekend, which was the highest of any MCU film title. Um, so we, we could see drops like that coming in the future. But regardless, we are going to see a, a massive drop-off for both of those movies, just because they are both massive projects that are going to have a lot of, you know, being very front-heavy And so most people are going to go see that opening night, opening weekend. And so you're going to have that massive drop off just regardless. What's interesting to me, though, is we actually do have some initial numbers out for Wakanda Forever. And to no surprise to me, and this is something that I've been saying for a while, and and anyone who's been watching for a while, you know that I've been talking about this, this very fact that I do think that some people might downplay just how well the domestic box office for Wakanda Forever is likely to be. I don't think it's going to be nearly as successful as the first film, uh, as far as the domestic numbers are concerned or the worldwide numbers. I think that there's a good chance that the film doesn't reach a billion dollars, for instance. But I do think that the domestic number is going to be that which carries that film going forward. Uh, To give you kind of a little bit of a... uh, a look ahead or or kind of a, an idea of what I'm talking about here. Let me go ahead and pull up the, the latest. So I'm going to probably do a dedicated video on this tomorrow morning. But as you can see over on Box Office Pro, they do finally have some, some estimates. They are projecting Black Panther Wakanda Forever to make somewhere between 180 and $225 million in its opening weekend domestically, totaling 445 to $590. Now, I... I think I said earlier on that I would not be surprised to see this movie get somewhere between that 450, maybe even 650 million dollar range tops as far as its total domestic. I, I I could see it capping out at 600 or less, but it's not going to get to the 700 million dollars uh, domestic that the first film got to. And again, there's a lot of reasons why that is going to be the case. But remember too that it made 1.3 billion, but 700 million of that came from the North American audiences came from the domestic marketplace. So if we're going to see a drop-off domestically, it makes sense for us to also see a drop-off internationally. 
And if that is the case, then we're looking at a movie that will likely do well as far as financials are concerned, making its money back pretty easily, I imagine. But whether or not it is the next massive billion-dollar film, it's looking like if these are the numbers as they stand, and if we see a similar drop-off internationally, it, it might be tough. It might be tough for the film to actually be able to pull that off. All the while, you have Black Adam. This is kind of showing you the difference between the MCU stands and the DCEU stands. There's a lot more MCU stands out there. A lot more of the normies are drawn to those titles that are from the MCU versus the DCEU. Because look at the opening weekend numbers for Black Adam, which is coming out this coming weekend, right? 55 to $65 million opening, 135 to 163 total domestic. Now, I've mentioned this previously. It has a bit of the the reverse problem, or rather the reverse situation that Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever is going to be a massive domestic hit and is going to do okay internationally, whereas Black Adam is going to do okay domestically, but I think it's going to be a pretty big hit internationally. And a lot of that has to do with Dwayne The Rock Johnson because of the fact that he promotes his films and he is one of the best promoters in the business. He has, again, been great at promotion ever since he was a wrestler. That has continued on into his film career, especially as he's gotten further into his film career. And I think that it's not just the fact that he has millions of followers. It's that he's able to engage with them in a way that most other actors can't. And so we, we live in an age where movie stars don't really draw people to the theater. And that's not what he's really doing. Instead, what he's doing is he's making his presence uh, felt so much further than what any other artist could ever even think of doing. And it's because of that reach that he has and that ability to to push himself beyond what others would have. Why I think Black Adam will end up being, I think Black Adam will do better internationally than Wakanda Forever. Now, Wakanda Forever is going to do much better Domestically, the question, of course, is going to be which one does better altogether when everything is said and done. It's looking like the edge is going to Wakanda Forever. Black Adam is also this the first iteration, whereas Wakanda Forever is the sequel. You have the Chadwick Boseman factor as well. They are clearly trying to use the death of Chadwick Boseman to their advantage, which I think is sick and disgusting. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of interesting factors nonetheless. And so this weekend is especially going to be a very fun weekend to to track. Because this is actually a film, even though I'm not all that excited to go see it, it is still the biggest film that we've gotten in <laughs> more more than a month. We had to go through the you know end of most of August and, and all of September without a lot of major releases. And so now we're finally getting something to look forward to, I guess. But anyway, since someone had brought that up, I figured I would do a little bit of a box office preview for what I'll be talking about uh, tomorrow. Let's see, Orange Hat Review says, uh, Halo, as far as I'm concerned, Halloween ended when Michael Myers burned to death in Laurie, uh, in Laurie Strode's house trap. I have blocked kills and ends as they only make the story worse. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I know that there's an active debate uh, specifically between me and Alex McCarthy about which film is worse. And I, I want to make it very clear. I don't think either film kills or ends. I don't think either is good. They're, they're both very bad movies. I just dislike kills so much more because I felt that some of the messaging in the film was much more much more overt. I mean, there's messaging in this film too, in, in Halloween Ends, but I feel like it's just a lot more overt in that one, right? You have the whole mob mentality. They literally create a a, a mob of Michael dies tonight, 
and they go out and 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 you know round him up basically and try to attack him and then they see the supernatural freakish strength that he has and you also then have the dynamic of them killing the random old dude in the hospital as well who again they're like oh we're just going to mob mentality that was a bit too much and then the ending of kills was also so poorly done that it was just confusing like there's this voiceover going on and then all of a sudden the daughter gets killed and I'm like wait where did he even come from? I know that's kind of his thing, but even within the context of this movie, it doesn't make any darn sense. So that movie just left me mad at the very end of it. Whereas with this movie, yeah, it wasn't great, but I will say I think that the fact that this is the last one, that they are ending it with their rebooted effort, maybe that is a reason why I don't hate this one as much. And then also, I actually do like the beginning of the movie because it is an intriguing premise about this this kid who you know commits this complete accident and then is is vilified this very horrific very graphic accident at that with this kid being killed and i, I just i don't know I, I thought the beginning of it was good and then they took the character and then they turned it into just utter garbage nonsense of course but the very beginning of it was was good enough for me to say okay i kind of like this one and i think that's the only reason why i like ends a bit more but we're talking about the difference between like a d and like a, a D and a C minus, you know, it, it's and I'm sure if I were to go back and rewatch these movies, I'd probably readjust my grades downward, meaning one would get like a D minus. The other would get like a D plus because they're both mad movies. They're both just not very well done at all. Uh, Abomination over on Odyssey says, wonder if people will troll online saying, if you don't watch Wakanda forever, there will never be another movie with black female leads when it gets uh, like 180 million just to troll the woman king. Now, that would be funny. That would be funny. And I think that uh, trolling uh, trollery can can definitely be uh, <laughs> could definitely be done for good sometimes. But I would also say, you know, it's it's also better for us just to, you know, be honest and say, hey. You said that this was going to be the case. You said that this is what was going to be true, and it ended up being a complete falsehood, right? That was the whole lie with the Woman King. Oh, if we don't support this movie now, you're never going to see a woman of color leading a movie ever again. Oh, wait, don't don't pay attention to the fact that Wakanda Forever is coming out. Let, let's just ignore that, and let's ignore the fact that that film is clearly, based on all the trailers, a female-led movie again female of color led movie that is likely going to do significant box office so (laughs) it's ridiculous it's nonsense is what it is let's see gus what is going on welcome tina b empress of the universe what's going on hail to you thank you very much for joining tonight she says drink them if you have them uh, Alice McCarthy says, howdy, oh, and how's it going, how's Thor? Yes, yes, I already know. And I agree that Halloween Ends is garbage. Kills, though, is garbage as well. And here's the problem. Alex McCarthy sounded like you were saying that you thought Kills was good, that you liked Kills. And that makes me ask so many questions about you. Because it's one thing to say that one film is worse than another when they're both bad, but when you're outright saying that this one's trash, but the other one was not bad... My, my king of bad takes on movies continues to reign. And that is, of course, the, the great Alex McCarthy. Over on Rumble, uh, he says, I feel the same way about Ryan. I don't know what that was a reference to. Have you heard anything about Black Panther being a woman and or other rumors about the movie? Oh, no, no, no. There, there's, there's not rumors anymore. Did you not see the last trailer they released? 
it was a woman in the Black Panther suit. So whether someone wants to try to play word games and say, well, we don't know if that's the new Black Panther or if that's just a temporary Black Panther, it's like, no, it's very clearly you're showing, hey, guess what? It's going to be a female Black Panther. So no, the trailer's actually already given that away, and so it's, a- it's actually not much of a secret anymore. Uh, I don't know if they're still trying to pretend like it is a secret, but the trailer itself kind of uh, you know showed the cards there. And the MCU has not been very secretive about what they're trying to do with all of these various properties. It's very clear the agendas that they're trying to push with this. Sorry, I realized that I dropped my my pen and paper. Important to have by my side sometimes. Uh, Miss Minnesota hockey fan, how about a hockey player? What is going on? She is a member on the channel. Thank you very much for joining today. I appreciate it. Jacques Lesuave is hanging out over on Odyssey. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. We got Keely Chow in the chat. What's going on? Thank you very much for joining us once again. Uh, Hooligan says, woo, caught it live. Well, thank you for being in the chat. Appreciate you very, very much. Uh, Our review says, he is sunburnt again. No, it is the feast day of a martyr once again. It is the feast of St. Luke, the evangelist, writer of the Gospel of Mark and of the Acts of the Apostles. Here's your fun fact today. As uh, Tina mentions, yes, indeed, please make sure you put at Odin the very beginning of your comment. I do fall usually about 20 to 30 minutes behind because I do read the comments. Let's see. Rhymes with Orange upgraded the membership to the Army of Asgard level. I appreciate that very much. Rhymes with Orange. Also, shout out to Tina V, Empress of the Universe, who is my newest chosen of Valhalla member. Thank you for rejoining, Empress of the Universe. Appreciate it. Cacao and Cookies Minion says, wow, that's red. Well, yeah, should should be blood red. Crisco, time to say, if you could remove only one show from existence, which would you choose? Rings of Power or She-Hulk? I would probably remove She-Hulk. And I know what you're thinking. But what about all the damage that's being done by Rings of Power? Here's the thing. Is any damage actually being done? If we honestly think about it, most people who are hardcore fans either didn't watch the show or didn't care enough about the show for it to have any impact of their love of Tolkien. All right? And so I, I look at it in, at that in that capacity. I look at it in that capacity. I think it's a terrible show, and I wish it didn't exist, but really it's just, it's fan fiction. It's poorly done fan fiction, and it's never going to be anything more than that. Whereas with She-Hulk, it is so bad, it is so atrocious, that it it honestly, objectively speaking, is just a, a complete sore on the back of the entire world that needs to be removed. So I would have to say She-Hulk all the way. And it's because, as I said, I don't think that Rings of Power is going to ruin the experience for anybody for, who enjoys Tolkien because the people who enjoy Tolkien are either not watching it in the first place and um, or just don't care enough about it for it to have any impact on their actual life. Would be my guess. Gus had to say, I see you on Rumble. Boom goes the Thunder God. Yes, indeed. I am all over the place. Uh, Kim Kane, uh, Kim King Kane Rumsky says, "What? You said something about Ryan. That's that's all I that's all I know." And then time to say, if a woman has become Black Panther, wouldn't uh, her hair, uh, wouldn't her name actually be Black Cougar? Zora <laughs> Poop is live from Odin's palace. 
Sure. <laughs> I see I see what you put there. I'm not going to read that second word there. All right, chat has jumped on me like it always does. Please make sure you smash that like button. It does help. Thank you again for joining the 54 people watching on YouTube. I appreciate you. To my Odyssey fan, to fam, my Odyssey fam, my Rumble fam, and also, of course, anyone watching. No one's watching over on Locals, but we'll, we'll see how that goes going forward. Let's see. Steven says, check your G diffuser system. Uh, Super Anime Gamer. Hey, what is up, my dude? What's going on? Kaylee Chow says, hey, how is baby Odin and the missus doing? So baby Thor is doing well. Uh, he turned two last week, so I can't believe that he is officially two. It's insane. He got a lot of Star Wars stuff. Um, but he also, I, I remembered that I had a, a lightsaber that is one of the ones that lights up and makes the sounds. And so I made the mistake of of letting him play around with it because, one, he started to very soon figure he could swing it around and that if it hit things, it would make sounds. And so he had fun with that, which then led to, you know, poor River and Willow getting, you know, in the way of, of being swung at. And then also, too, he became so obsessed with it that you try to take it away, and it's it's toddler tantrum. So, <laughs> so there's been some toddler moments, but overall, it, w- it was a great week. Uh, again, the in- the in laws were in over the weekend, and then my wife and I were able to have a date night, uh, going to see Steve Martin and Martin Short, and it was a ton of fun. And again, a, a huge shout out to Laura for for letting us know about that happening. Over on Odyssey, Jacques LeSwab tagged to say, they need to do a crossover movie of Lady Black Panther versus Halle Berry's Catwoman with the tagline, whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> you know, at the very least, at the very least, it, it could be so bad that it's funny. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm giving it a little bit too much credit, but you, you could see that potentially. But no, I don't think anyone wants to actually see that. That to me is a, is a crossover of way too many terrible things. Alice McCarthy says, The power of Red Odin is greater than the power of the Red Hulk. Guess you can take that to the bank. All right. Uh, awesome one is in the chat. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. The Trent Report. What is going on? Thank you very much for joining. Bryant Barth is in the chat as well. Hail to you. Uh, yes, indeed. Rings of Power is finally over. Scott McKenzie, what is going on? Uh, Steven, I've actually not seen the Creed 3 trailer, um, so I would not notice of Rocky not being in it, in, the, in, in it this time. I know that this movie, isn't this film actually being directed by Michael B. Jordan? Or he has a, a pretty major part to play in it, at the very least. So I've not seen it yet. I can't give my overall thoughts on it. If Rocky, as you say, if Rocky's not actually in the trailer, I do think that is a pretty a pretty heavy mistake because I think that the connection to the Rocky universe is one of the strengths of the Creed films. However, I'm one that liked the first Creed movie hated the second Creed movie. I could not stand the second Creed movie. I didn't just did not think it was good at all. So uh, if, if that's the direction they're going with in their initial trailer, yeah, doesn't sound like they're going in, in the right direction with it. If that's, if that's the case. So let's see. WG, wow, dude. Thank you so very much for a massive $100 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. He says, Hi, Odin, please use this to get the best priest available for Ryan's exorcism. All kidding aside, keep up the great work. Well, I, I appreciate it very much, WG. And uh, hey, 
We got Father Christopher Miller in the live chat. I just see him. So something tells me that he would probably be willing to do that for free. Um, however, uh, we would need to get an actual dedicated exorcist. So maybe some minor exorcism, exorcism prayers, Father Father Christopher could say. So uh, I know you're not an exorcist, Father, but every priest they can do minor exorcists. So minor exorcisms. So we'll 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 just leave it at that. You know, back in the old days, you know, before Vatican II, you would have had to become a, a minor exorcist on your in your pathway to being a uh, a priest. You know, that was back before the dark times, before Vatican II. Anyway, WG, I really do appreciate that donation and uh, the fun, the fun uh, conversation that we're able to have there. We're having fun now. We're having fun. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, what is going on? Hail to you. Thank you for being back in the chat. Uh, Dan Crane says, Hail Odin, good to be here. Hail to all in the chat. Thank you very much for being here, Dan Crane. Appreciate it. Miss Minnesota Hockey fan who is a member says, I don't think anyone will remember Rings of Power in two years. I think most people have forgotten. I've forgotten most of the plot points at this point, except for the fun jokes that I was able to experience on the Salty Nerd podcast on Saturdays, which I was so happy to be a part of. Shout out again to Matthew Kadish for inviting me to join those. Um, other than the jokes about, you know, Jeff the tree, who Don Lemonless, as we like to call him, uh, you know, had the moment with where he put the hand on the tree in this emotional way, you know, people like, you know, trees like Jeff and, and, and that silly old ditch that they were digging in broad daylight for, for everyone to see, you know, <laughs> how anyone wouldn't have seen it is still a mystery to all. But I, I, yeah, I, um, other than that, there's not a whole lot of things to remember about it. It's a very forgettable series. None of the characters are memorable either, and that's sad because some of the characters are supposed to be major characters in the works of Tolkien. However, seeing that it's just really bad fan fiction, they're not those characters, and so we can go about our lives and still be quite happy. Uh, Victor Fontaine, come fly with me, come fly, come fly away. I don't know why that song is the one song that comes to my head whenever I think of Vic- Victor Fontaine. I don't even know if he sings that song in the series or not. I don't remember. But he's time to say, the Thursday night IMAX 7pm showing a Black Adam has only four seats sold, not looking good. And that's the reason why the domestic opening is only expected to be 55 to $65 million. So, uh, I mean, keep in mind this fact that Halloween ends open to 40 million. So Halloween ends open to 40 million. Black Adam costing a lot more than that movie is only expected to open to 55 to 65 million. Now, to be fair, we, we did see that Halloween ends came in underneath and below expectations, below the range, but... Black Adam is not expected to do all that much better than it. So if the film is bad and gets bad word of mouth, that could spell problems with it domestically, but it's already in a pretty bad boat, domestically speaking. 135 to 163 domestic total, that's not good. Now, as I mentioned, I do think it's the international number. I would not be surprised if the weekend numbers come out and we find out, oh, it's projected to only make 50 to 50 60 million dollars domestically but then all of a sudden you have a massive 100 plus million dollar opening internationally and and you see the film open up to like 200 million dollars opening weekend when you add in those international numbers that wouldn't surprise me at all 
And and that would then, I think, pave the way for the film to, to end up with 500 plus million by the end of its run, which would probably be exactly what it would need to not only make its money back, but also make a decent amount of profit as well. So none of those things would, would surprise me. But I think it's the international market that's really going to, um, uh, you know, compel and, and not compel, propel Black Adam into uh, box office success. But yeah, whether the film is good or not, it's going to have a huge impact on the domestic numbers for sure. They don't always have as much an impact internationally, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to say the very least. Alice McCarthy says, Kills is at least gory. Ends is just pure trash. My least favorite movie of all time, which sad because Halloween is my favorite horror franchise. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying Halloween kills? Sorry. You're saying Halloween ends is your least favorite movie of all time? Bruh. There are movies that you like that are such complete, utter gutter trash. R.I.P.D. anybody? Get out of here. Alex McCarthy, get get out of here. Uh, we need to, uh, Someone needs to put Alex McCarthy in, in the corner. All right, Alex McCarthy, you're going to the corner. All right, you should, get, you should be used to this by now. We're putting you in the corner. All right, going in timeout because your, your bad movie takes are just, are just becoming, they're just becoming too much, man. I can only take so much. I can only take so much. <laughs> Joey Horde, what's going on? Hail to you. Much love to you, Alex McCarthy. <laughs> Appreciate you being a good sport. Uh, Joey Horn, thank you again for being a member and for joining us today. Master of Gaming, Shuri uh, being the new Black Panther was never a secret. I predicted this in 2020. Well, no, I mean, a lot of people suspected it to be uh, Shuri most likely. But remember that there was some questionings about that because the actress that plays Shuri apparently was not playing along with the COVID uh, narrative was not going along with uh, with the COVID mandates, as it were, uh, of certain uh, medical procedures, we could say. I'm not a doctor, but speaking in a vague sense, I think y'all can pick up what I'm laying down. At least that was what the word on the street was. Whether or not that ended up being true or not, it's hard to say. But I remember when that came up, some people started to question that narrative of whether or not then she would still be put in that type of position. Regardless, we know now from the trailer, it's been confirmed that it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a female. <laughs> now, which of the females it is, we don't know. Which of the women it is, we don't know. But uh, the chances of it being Shuri is is very high. Though to be honest, I, I would not be surprised if it was someone else because I feel like Shuri is gonna take the place of being like a hybrid Black Panther Iron Man because of her expertise in all things technology. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like that's the direction they would go with her character over anything else, if I had to guess. That would just be my guess. Uh, King 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 Rumsky over on Rumble says, Did you live cast last Saturday? Uh, So if you meant a few days ago, I did not. And the reason why, as I mentioned early in the stream, I was on a date night with the wife going to see Steve Martin and Martin Short. That's what I did on Saturday. And I did post on all the socials that that is where I was. And again, I have no socials really, so (laughs) I posted it on the Discord and on Locals. So if you don't follow me on those platforms, be sure to do so. Also, I posted it on the YouTube Community tab. Um, But yeah, it was posted on Locals, which I know is connected with Rumble in many ways. All right, let's see. Steven, time to say, I'm assuming you've seen all five episodes of Andor so far. Do you recommend us checking it out and being worth our time? I hear mixed reviews. So far, I trust you more. Heard numbers of wa- numbers uh, heard the numbers of watch is low. Yeah, the number of people that watch it is very very low. And um, yeah, this is actually an interesting conversation. The last two 
episodes of the Saturday Night uh, Salty stream, the Salty Nerd podcast stream that I've been a part of. We've actually talked about Andor. And me and Matthew Kadish very much vehemently but respectfully disagree with each other on this point. He likes it. He, he thinks the show is actually really good. And he's coming at it from the mindset of the, the creator of the show, the showrunner, the writer of the show, is one that is, is known for a lot of really good uh, properties, a lot of really good shows. And so he's looking at it as, okay, we have to remember that what likely happened was he made probably three or four very long episodes, basically like mini-movies, and then Kathleen Kennedy, in her infinite wisdom, decided to cut those up into episodes. And that's the reason why it doesn't work. That's his explanation. That's the reason why he likes the show is because he says if you look at it as, you know, look at it in three episodes, the arcs make more sense and, and are much more conducive and, and, and are a lot more connected. And, and that's what he is seeing in the show. I'm not. I'm someone where I'm like, I'm looking at the show as it is. I'm bored to tears most of the time, but I will give the show some credit. There is definitely production value there. I will say this is by far the best made of the Star Wars shows that I've seen during the Kathleen Kennedy era. I would include movies in that too. This so far has been the best made. However, because of this being focused on the character of Andor, who is the most non-compelling, boring character in Rogue One that they happen to decide to make an entire series surrounded on, the show itself continues to match that of the lead character as being also very boring. But if they had made this show with brand new characters, and because of that, they would have had to spend more time developing those characters and telling you who they were, I actually think that this show could have been good. But because Andor is the lead and because Andor does get the uh, top billing, it ends up just being a, a very boring mess it is the best way that I can really describe it. So is it worth watching? I personally don't think so. However, uh, Matthew Kadish, who I do think typically has very good takes on a lot of things, I, I do uh, say if you want to hear a good argument for why to watch the show, Matthew Cage would be the person to to look to. And what he would tell you to do is, now that you have five episodes out, watch the first three back-to-back, you know, keeping in mind that it probably was written and shot to be a continuous story from one to the next to the next. But the other big problem, of course, as, as Modalicious just mentioned in the live chat, is there's really no stakes with this character either because why do I want to learn more about a character I already know dies? Why would I want to know more about a boring character who already, I know, dies? The, the truth is, you, you don't really care, and I don't really care. But I, as I said, there is production value, and because of the creators behind it, I think they're doing the best with what they have, but when the best of what you have is an incredibly boring, non-compelling character in Andor, who we already know what happens to, then that's pretty much what they're left with. And... Uh, Unfortunately, they are not starting off fresh with something brand new. I think that would have been a lot more interesting, but we are where we are now. Rob D. Tad to say, hi, Odin. I actually refuse to watch this new Halloween trilogy because I actually like the original Halloween 2 and some, not all, of the further sequels, which the trilogy threw out. Yeah, um, I, I've heard always a lot about Halloween 2, Season of the Witch, um, because 
I believe it's that season of the witch has nothing to do with actual Michael Myers or that he's not in it. It has more to do with this, this curse and it's this curse that is connected to Michael Myers. Like basically like Michael Myers has this curse, which is kind of established through season of the witch. I have never seen it. So I can't say that for sure, but that's what I've gotten from just listening to others, people talking about the Halloween universe of movies. But I will agree on that other point about some of the le- the later Halloween films. They were at least fun. There were at least some fun elements to those other Halloween films. Because, um, again, I never saw two. But I have seen bits and pieces of the other ones. And it's there are movies that you can just put on. And it's formulaic often. But they're also fun. Whereas with this new iteration of Halloween, it just feels so forced. And though the first one I do think is is fun enough because it's like, Oh, okay. We're, we're getting some more people that we remember. Hey, you remember this? I remember you make a good point is that it wipes out all of the other films that happened. But I think there's an argument to be made. I've heard people argue against those films and say that it was a good thing. that They got wiped away. But then also I hear people from like you who say, no, it, it, um, they, they should have kept those as, as Canon. And that's why I think many people probably, because of how poorly this new one ended up with the Halloween kills being bad and then, you know, being really bad and then Halloween ends also being pretty bad. I think a lot of people will probably just choose headcanon instead and will uh, pick and choose which films to to work with. Uh, let's see. Kimberly G, what is going on? Welcome back, member on the channel. Uh, Joey Horn, Indian Happy Feast of St. Luke. That's why we're ro- rocking the red. Steven says, do you think Avatar 2 will revive interest in 3D again? So let's keep this in mind. There was never really an interest in 3D. I think that it will convince studios that there's an interest in 3D again, because that's what happened. Studios saw, oh, look at how much money they made. Oh, they were very smart because they released their film in premium formats and basically through their contracts made theaters have to provide premium showtimes for those films and for those showings, which cost a lot more. And so I think that they're going to try to use it again uh, as a reason to make all their films post converted into 3d and IMAX 3d all just to make massive amounts of profit off of a technology that just really isn't all that good uh, to begin with. Um, Not to mention it's not very friendly with people who have eyes eye issues and eye conditions so uh yeah good good luck with that but i also don't think avatar 2 is going to be nearly as successful as the first one i think it's going to be a billion dollar movie that i do think is going to happen but i think that you look to what avatar the first you look to it adjusted for inflation being worth roughly what three billion dollars i think you're looking at avatar 2 breaking a billion i don't know and have a lot of confidence in it how much over a billion dollars it does. I think that there's a good chance actually that Tom Gun Maverick ends up being the top film of the year at 1.4 billion. Now Avatar 2 could end up over exceeding my expectations, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. I, I guess I have I guess I have too much hope in humanity. I, I my hope is that humanity has woken up to the fact of just how bad the first Avatar is and and just how um how honestly cheap that entire movie and world that was being built was. It was all just a way for him to sell his technology. It was all just a way for him to say, Hey, 
let's do 3D now. And most people went into it. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Uh, King, King Kane Rumshki over on Rumble. Smash that Rumble button, by the way, if you're watching over there. says, do you have a favorite Star Wars character? If so, who? Mine is Obi-Wan, so I stay clear of Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's interesting because I typically would go that route um, of going with, with an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I just love that character so much. Yoda is definitely at the top of my list. Watching it again, though, uh, with with my son, with baby Thor, who loves these films and has seen them multiple times, it's funny how little impact and how little screen time Porkins gets in the first film, but for some reason, baby Thor loves Porkins and it's now to the point where he now just, he he now attributes to almost all of the X-Wing fighters, the name Porkins. So he'll watch it and he'll know that Porkins ship has just blown up and he'll say, bye bye Porkins. But then 10 minutes later, he'll still continue on and be like, bye bye Porkins, bye bye Porkins. So I don't know. I kind of feel like Porkins is becoming my favorite character. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, probably Yoda. Y- Yoda's just a lot of fun. And uh maybe Thor likes likes Yoda as well, so I think that's a that's that's a pretty big help. <laughs> All right, let's us see. Back into the uh into the Odyssey chap. Uh, we got Horror Stream Live over there. Bianca Zombie is also hanging out over there as well. Thank you. Jacques Lesuave tagged to say, uh, regarding the no stakes in a prequel argument, does it really bother people that much? When I'm watching a weekly TV show, knowing the lead or even title character isn't going to die to the big bad that week, does it make it any less entertaining for me? Thoughts? That in a, that by itself, I would, I would typically agree. But when the show isn't nearly as good or isn't good as all good at all. I think the argument does take on a bit more weight. I do think that you're right in that the argument in and of itself is not a very good one because you can go to, um, certain films like Memento where you know how the film ends. Right. And, and the, the, the interesting part about it is, is the way in which it moves backwards. And there's other films too, right? Where you find out the ending from the very beginning. But because it's well-written and because it's compelling characters, you can indeed enjoy it. So, yeah, I think the argument, if that was all that it was, if all that it was was someone saying, oh, well, you know, he dies and so why should I care? That doesn't work unless you're dealing with a show or a movie where it's not very well done, where it's one, two, especially in the case of Andor, it's, again... People oftentimes will cite Rogue One as being their favorite of the Star Wars Disney era. I don't. I, I think that it's vastly overrated. I think that other than a what seems to be tagged on Darth Vader scene and, and K2SO voiced by um, Alan Tudyk, there really isn't a whole lot to enjoy with that movie. But one of the worst parts of that movie is Andor because it's just a very boring throwaway character who's given a little bit too much attention. And so the fact that Disney and Kathleen Kennedy said, you know what we need to make a show about this random character 
that no one really cared about in the first one because of how boring the character was written. Let's make an entire series about him and how boring he is. And, oh wait, now people are also going to have to recognize that the character died. So that's the reason why I think more people bring that up is because it's such a boring character, etc. Versus then in and of itself. Because I definitely agree with you, Jacques Lesuave, that to say that just because you know the fate of a character from the beginning, in and of itself is not a very good argument. And I think that most people don't actually hold to it, if I had to guess. Uh, Steven says, not sure you heard the rumors, but chances are Robert Downey Jr. will return in Secret Wars. Your thoughts? Of course he's going to return. I could have told you that years ago. Every one of these actors has a price. Every single one of them has a price. So do not be surprised if Chris Evans returns. Don't be surprised if Robert Downey Jr. returns. But here's the thing. Those names themselves do not sell tickets. They still have to build a good film and a big franchise. Because let's say that in Secret Wars or, or you know whatever it, is, whatever it is they do, they're able to make a, a nice you know, nice billion dollar film. Okay. You're still now long, you know, ways away from, from the $2 billion films of some of the most massive MCU projects. So I think that it would just be a very short term solution to a long term problem because I, I, I'm looking at the numbers and I, I'm looking at it and that's why Wakanda forever is going to be very interesting. However, the films from the MCU next year are going to be the most interesting of all because let's just see how much of the MCU audience is going to continue to hang on over the course of the next several uh, years. Because by that time, I, it might even be too late. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I'm not surprised by that one bit. And it, I just don't care. Endgame, to me, was the end. Infinity War, I thought, was, was, was pretty well made and entertaining to boot. Endgame was just a complete train wreck. Master of Gaming. Just because the creators of She-Hulk is self-aware the show is bad doesn't mean it's good. Well, also, if they're trying to play it off as, oh, well, we were trying to troll the fans with this, it doesn't justify it. I mean, you're right. It, it doesn't justify anything. And so that's... They're, I think they're just trying anything and everything, right? They've, they've already thrown out the, well, if you don't like it, it means that you're, you're a sexist, right? If you don't like it, it means that you're this or that. But in reality, all that it is is that it, it's them trying to play cover for the fact that they have a atrocious show, an, an atrocious attempt at a show that ends up being several episodes of I want to rip my eyes out level bad content. The ending is by far the worst of all of it. I mean, that ending is one of the cringiest endings I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's saying a lot. Uh, Coconut, what is going on? Welcome back to the chat. Again, uh, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Appreciate you being here. Steven says, do a barrel roll. Well, I can't do a barrel roll. (laughs) How could I? I need to be in a ship to do that. Alex McCarthy, I've known Rocky wasn't going to be in Creed 3 for a couple of years. No Rocky, no Alex. See, I didn't know he wasn't going to be in it at all, to be honest. I, I thought that he may not be as prominent, but that he would be in it. 
but yeah, I, I think that you're on to something, especially since the second one wasn't good. I mean, if the second one was good, the first the first one's very entertaining. The first one's very well put together. I think it does a very good job of balancing out the new with you know the new with the old, as it were. The second one is just not. The, the second one is just a shadow of the first film in so many regards. And I, I, I just, yeah, without Rocky at all, I, I don't see how they do nearly as well as the others. Then Felicitas says, I didn't watch Creed 1 or 2 because I found out they made Apollo Creed have a child out of wedlock instead of using his own child as shown in Rocky 3. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of reasons to to not watch any of the films. But yeah, e- even though I will still stand by Creed 1 as being a, f- a good movie, I own it on Blu-ray. I, I thought it was entertaining. I can't defend Creed 2. Creed 2 just was not good. Motilicious says, I finally watched uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Do you think the Chuck E. Cheese laser bunny parade in the closet, <laughs> rather the bunny parade, is the closest we will ever get to a Thor Force movie? <laughs> I guess, I mean, I'm not a comics expert, so I don't know much about Thor Force, but yeah, I would not be surprised if it was, because let's just be honest, the movie is, it's just cringe in so many levels. National Gaming, the She-Hulk show is the equivalent of pineapple on pizza. Yep, I would definitely say that is a great comparison. Mr. Roy, hail to you, good sir, thank you very much for being here, I appreciate it. Uh, Father says, speaking of Sinatra, the great Boston College professor Peter Kraft said the national anthem of hell is Sinatra's my way because those who end up there can say they did it my way. Boom, Father. Yes, I, lo- I love Peter Kraft. I-, I think he's great. I would I would love to have taken a class from him at some point in my life. And I know he's still teaching, um, but yeah, he's awesome. Have a lot of his books, have, have listened to a lot of his his interviews and he's just such a such a brilliant mind and he's able to really explain things in such a way that that makes a lot of very complex theological and philosophical subjects at least more tangible and easier to chew on yeah i love that guy let's see king king kane rumshki says here is it possible a major star wars character shows up in andor um I mean, I guess, but I guess it would be, what do you mean by major? Are they going to once again resurrect Tarkin, which I already thought in Rogue One was incredibly tasteless? Um, we already know that K2SO is not going to be featured really until, I think they said, what, season two or the end of season one at, at the earliest? And K2SO was the only thing about the show that I had any excitement about, and... <laughs> Let's just be fair, that wasn't all that much excitement to begin with because we're dealing with an incredibly boring character who will suck all of the energy out of the room. But K2SO is great. Unfortunately, K2SO has not been a part of this season so far and I believe won't be a part of it at all or will only be a part of it at the very end going into season two. Uh, Morak, what's going on? Welcome. Thank you very much for being in the chat. Thank you for tagging me. Nearsighted Cyclops, what is going on? Hail to you. Again, put add to Odin in the very beginning of your comments, unless you are a member on the channel. JS Pena, hello to you. Just under the red shirt, who is a member? Hail to you. Uh, General Wingster, is Halloween 2 original better than this new trilogy? Uh, so as I said, I've actually never seen Halloween 2. I've never seen Season of the Witch, and it's probably because I, I've heard more bad things about it than good. 
but now I'm feeling compelled to watch it because of, I don't know, it seems to me, and if anyone's a major Halloween fan out there, let me know, it seems that the decisions they've made in this new trilogy, especially since it kind of wipes out the events of Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2, has almost garnered a new respect or newfound respect and love for that movie. Please let me know if that's the case or if you've felt that or heard that from others because I've, I've heard more about Season of the Witch in a positive light recently than I have ever had before. But it's one that I've not seen but I do really want to. Modalicious, thank you for the $2 super chat saying, Member Darth Vader? Member? I member. That's exactly what it was for Rogue One. It was like, hey, we don't have anything really memorable in this movie that isn't already known. Hey, I know what we can do. Asgard says, the story of kills was doofy, but ends treated Michael Myers like Jake, uh, Jake Skywalker. Oh, again, Alex McCarthy, bruh, 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 bruh. The issue is not, the issue is not that I'm saying one is good or bad. They're both bad. Alex, the issue is that you are trying to actually defend kills as a good movie or as at least a decent movie. That is the problem. I'm saying both of the films are bad, but the less bad, in my opinion, is ends, and it's because I think the beginning is actually somewhat intriguing and interesting. It falls off the rails after it because, as I've said, it's a bad movie. But at least I'm willing to admit that they're both bad movies, whereas you seem to be clinging to kills and wanting to defend it for some reason. Go back to your corner, Alex. J.S. Pena. Gonna have to disagree on Halloween Ends being better than kills. Again, that's totally fine if anyone wants to disagree. It's fine. But saying kills is good is, is an entirely different matter altogether. All righty then. Uh, Modalicious, apologies for spoiling that for you if you didn't know that already. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Anyway, it's 7.54 in real life. It's 7.34 in the chat, meaning I'm exactly 20 minutes behind. So kudos to y'all for being awesome. Thank y'all for choosing to to hang out here for the evening. Let me see if anyone ended up joining on Locals. Nope. <laughs> uh, it's fine. People can watch where they want to watch. I am still here, guapo. Jacob Ironside had to say hello there. Have a good stream. Well, thank you, Jacob Ironside. I appreciate it. Everyone dies. This is true. This is actually a fact of life. Uh, Super says, I think Kadish is right. That's why they released the first three episodes at once. They forced the creators to break it up, uh, to break the show up, but it doesn't work in the format they forced it into. Yes, super. Um, here, here's the thing, though. Watching all three of those episodes, it still wasn't entertaining. It, it still wasn't gripping or, or compelling at all. It was, it was boring. It, it's, it's put me to sleep several times, this show has. And when you're breaking it into 45-minute segments, if even those individual segments are putting me to sleep, it's not a good sign. So, uh, again, it, it can have as much production value as it has, which I will say the very least I can give him that, you know, that it does have some production value. And as I said, I think that if they were starting from scratch, they actually probably would have something to work with. But it is what it is. Master Gaming says Andor died in Rogue One, Han Solo died in The Force Awakens, Black Widow died in Endgame, and they all get their own spinoffs, shows, movies, respect retroactively. Yeah, absolutely. 
Just another red shirt again. Hail to you. Uh, Osprey says, Halloween 3 is in no way, shape, or form connected to Michael Myers. Oh, is that Season of the Witch? If I got it wrong this whole time? As I said, I'm not an expert on uh, on any of these movies. Let's see. Tina says, I saw Halloween 78, Halloween 2, and I know the general plot of 3, and that is it. Sounds like that's all you need to know. Alex says, I think I remember Tom from As Edge saying Halloween is a choose-your-own-adventure franchise. I guess you could say that. Snorpoopus, I made a mistake and bought a ticket to see one of the Hobbit movies in 3D. I didn't realize it was the 3D version. Never again. Oh, was it the 3D version or was it the uh, high frame rate version? Because that was the other thing that, that Peter Jackson was trying to push. So while you had James Cameron trying to push his 3D crap, you then had Peter Jackson kind of piggybacking off of that. But instead of it just being 3D, it was to be a high frame rate. Which just didn't work. Everything looked very weird. And it, it's it's something where, even though it's supposed to look clearer, it makes the film look unnatural to the eye, to the human eye. And so it makes it look non-cinematic. You know, we are used to seeing films at, at 24 frames per second. That's it. That's the cinematic standard. So when you bump it up, to was it 48 frames per second or, or whatever it was 40 somewhere between 48 and 60 and when you do that it, it's going to cause the brain to not be able to accept it as, as being natural it's going to look very unnatural the only positive thing that hfr did for the hobbit films was that it did make the cgi look only just like a smidge better that's not saying a whole lot that's not saying a, a whole lot at all so, again, keep in mind that the H... So, I saw Snorpoopus, you said this was 3D complete with the gla- glasses. No, no. HFR, the, the high frame rate, that has the glasses, too. The difference is that the movie itself was shot at and it was being actually shown in a higher frame rate. So, you're wearing the glasses and you're experiencing the... Uh, the, uh, the uh, you're, you're experiencing the, the higher frame rate with the glasses. So, it's it's not good. Iron Panther says Laura. I guess so. Is 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 that even a character? I'm not a comics expert. Father Christopher Miller, who is a member, says Porkins, pork, bacon, and ham comes from pork. Therefore, Porkins is awesome. Yeah, I don't I don't know why he likes it, but I, I think he just likes saying the name Porkins. Steve says your thoughts on Harrison Ford now joining the MCU. Keep in mind, uh, keeping in mind, breaks fourth wall to hire an actor. Who Spider-Man mentions Empire Strikes Back, where Harrison Ford was the? What in the world are you talking about, Stephen? None of that made any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, let's see. Just so the red shirt says it's a it's a port fat thing. Chef Emerald Lagasse, Soul Assassin says I think the actor who played Porkins was one of the officers or detectives in Batman '89. Wait a minute, is that the same guy? Oh man, that's cool. Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan says, I will never move I will I will never watch another movie in 3D again. I saw the first Hobbit movie in 3D and it gave me a headache. Yeah. And if it was the high frame rate, that's even yet another reason to give a headache to as well. Over on uh, Odyssey, Jacques Lesov says, I just struggle with the fact that it sounds like it's called Star Wars and or and am perpetually disappointed with the lack of a second option. <laughs> I see what you mean by that. I see what you mean. It does sound like it's saying and or. 
<laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Y'all are awesome. I love y'all. Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi. Porkins went out a hero. He lived and died in his X-Wing because he couldn't get him out once he got in. Oh, no. Forever Sci-Fi. No. Don't be mean. How dare you? How dare you? We don't shame here. This is a non-shame community. Uh, Master of Gaming. The Marvels is interesting box office-wise. I can't wait to see how it compares with Captain Marvel. Oh, I, I can't wait to see it flop. I mean, if they had that... So, they're saying that they're confident in Brie Larson. That they're confident in, in Captain Marvel. Which, remember, Captain Marvel made over a billion dollars. Didn't see that one coming. And yet, instead of calling the sequel Captain Marvel 2, which you would think would make the most sense, because wouldn't you want your billion-dollar film to also have that same type of name recognition? That would be like saying, hey, Iron Man did well. Let's name the second one... Uh, you know, man goes to the moon. What? Or the men in the iron suits. What? That doesn't make any sense. That's basically what they're doing, though. Is by saying, that's the Marvels. What? So, to me, what it says is a couple things. One, that first one was, was just a complete fluke. It was very heavily reliant upon being very close in proximity to the release of Endgame, and they also marketed it in such a way to make people think that it was going to be relevant to Endgame. People were excited for Endgame, ergo it was able to kind of reap off of the success of that film. But instead, what they're doing is they're playing it as if they're trying to to rebrand, as if that was indeed a fluke and they need to actually find a way to, to save face. At least that's how it seems to be coming across to me. But yeah, I, I think it will and hope that it flops talking there about Marvel, uh, the Marvels super time to say, I will never forget. I will never forgive it. She Hulk for making daredevil. My boy do the barefoot walk of shame. Yeah, not only doing the walk of shame, but walking out in broad daylight with his costume. Th- that's the other thing, too. Not only do they make him do the walk of shame in She-Hulk, he does it in his costume in broad daylight. There's a lot of atrocious things in that show. And man, that's the reason why, out of all of the bad shows that have been released, that one, to me, is just by far the worst. I thought Miss I thought Miss Marvel was bad, and that show was pretty trash. Ain't got nothing on She-Hulk. Ain't got nothing on She-Hulk. Emblazing, what's going on? Have you watched all Star Superman, Superman vs. the Elite Brilliant Animated Movies? I've not, actually. I, I've never really been into the animated films of, uh, of DC. Never been my thing. Morak says, I was neutral on the bingeoning, but Gary's comments today pointed, pointing out the inferior She-Hulk show is still being talked about while the superior Cobra Kai has quieted out. Hashtag Team Weekly. Uh, again, it's a fair point, but I will say that Cobra Kai still, when you bring it up, when you do bring it up in conversations, it leads to a lot of fun conversations. My wife and I, for instance, are still watching it. She had never seen the original um, Karate Kid uh, sequels, so she had seen the Karate Kid a while ago, or back in the day, 
Hadn't seen in a long time, so we rewatched that one. And then we watched the other two. She loved Terry Silver, thought he was hilarious, watched Cobra Kai, and now loves Cobra Kai. So guess what? Binging is what made that possible. And the thing about that show is that every single episode ends in such a way where had they done the weekly model, it would have been successful. Now remember, oftentimes in the binging argument, I typically jump in to play devil's advocate. I like to to step on people's toes. It's just fun for me to do that, seeing that I'm already so quiet in the first place because there's so many large personalities on the show that it's hard to get a word in edgewise. It's easier for me during those during those moments of them fighting just to you know try and rile things up a bit. So my honest opinion is I think it's both. I think there are some shows that work very well through the binge model, and I think there's other shows that work very well via the weekly model. I think that they both have their merits. But when it comes to a show that is the binge model, which is Cobra Kai, that is a show that could survive, and I I think could actually thrive, if they did a weekly release model, because they at least end each episode with you wanting more. Now, some would say, well, isn't that contingent upon kind of the, the binge model in general, is that it makes you want to keep watching? But if you think about the shows that are often done weekly, there's not many of them that that leave you wanting more. Now, obviously, we've been watching Rings of Power, and it's in the title of the video as well, and I'm very thankful that season one is over and that we won't have to worry about it again for two years. But that was a show where when the episode ended, I was thinking to myself, I don't care about what happens next. It didn't end in a way that had me compelled to wait and say, I can't wait for next week. I can say that about Rings of Power. I can say that about, um, you know, even though House of the Dragon has been relatively good, I can say the same thing with that one too as well. I I just didn't didn't really have as much excitement for what was going to happen the following week. Now, some people might disagree with that, but I just didn't think it ended in in a compelling way. But then I go go back to Cobra Kai, and every single episode ends in such a way where you're like, I want to watch more now. So yeah, I, I think that it absolutely is... A, a, a both, um, you know, it, it depends would be the, the best answer for the, the, the actual, my actual opinion on the bingeing argument. Let's see. We over an honesty trying to say black Adam is crying out for your help as a critic. It currently is at 47 around tomatoes. The hierarchy of critics is about to change. So here's the thing. I haven't seen black Adam. And so I, I can't really help it all that much, but what I can say is that when the critics are giving it that kind of a score, I would not be surprised if the audience score is in the high 80s. That, that tends to be how it goes with superhero movies. The superhero movies are in the 40s. Normally that means it's good enough to where audiences are going to be able to have a darn good time with it. That's normally how I take it. When you have critics giving a superhero movie really like just abysmally low ratings normally you're going to find a little bit more of a mixed reaction from the audience. Uh, again, when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes especially, it's not trustworthy. Their numbers are completely cooked. You still have to, you know, even back when it was in its heyday, you still had to understand how to read those reviews because some people only look to the tomato meter without looking to the actual average score, looking into individual reviews and that kind of thing. So... Uh, you know, I don't I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes at all, even for an audience score, though. So I would go to places, not that I trust them all that much more, but I do trust them just a bit more 
than Rotten Tomatoes. So places like Metacritic, even, even IMDb. I mean, I don't really trust them either, but I trust them more than Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I feel like you just get a, a better overall metric. Um, because on, on IMDb, for instance, you'll have a bunch of people spamming five-star reviews or 10-star reviews, but you'll also have an equal amount of people spamming one-star reviews, so I feel like you kind of get evened out. Whereas with Rotten Tomatoes, you used to get that, but now, because Rotten Tomatoes has decided to control whose numbers and whose ratings get posted and, and all that stuff, I don't, I'm not saying that IMDb doesn't do it. It's just not as notorious for deleting things as Rotten Tomatoes is. I, I It's hard for me to, to actually trust them. Over on Rumble... Uh, King Kane Rumshki says, Gary called. He wants, to, he wants to talk with you about the binge model. Ah, of course you bring it up so many times and, and he comes around. All right. Orange Eye Review says a major Halloween fan here. Like I said, they should have ended with the 2018, uh, with 2018 Halloween two is also good. Could have left it there too. I'm truly heartbroken with how bad kills and ends is no respect to, um, Michael Myers. Yeah. And again, both are bad. Both are bad. Uh, Noah, what's going on? Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Again, if you have a comment or question that you want read aloud, please put at over the very beginning of your comment. Motolicious tag to say, well, at least we know Jason makes it to space. Oh, man, the Jason movies. Yes. Jason X, I will say, that film is so bad it's funny to me. There's a scene when he, when they put Jason in the... <laughs> In like the virtual reality, is that what it was? The virtual reality uh, room, and he's like living out his own fantasy of killing campers. It was just so cringe and bad. And then there's the other moment where he gets healed, and then he becomes like metallic. Oh, it's so bad. It's good. That film. It's so bad. It's good. <laughs> so yeah, at least we have Jason X, right? Alex says, I watch Halloween franchise year-round and a few times a year. I guess that qualifies me as a Halloween fan. Yes, but you're also uh, our, our, you're also our go-to bad film take person. So I'm going to take the word of Orange Hat Reviews much more over yours because he has m- much more often good takes than... Or rather, Alex, you, you are notorious for having very, very bad takes on a lot of things, whereas Orange Hat is... is, is <laughs> What I would describe as a normal person who has just the right and healthy amount of good and bad. Just like I have, I think, the healthy amount of good and bad. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Modalicious says, remind me who Andor is again. I lost interest in Star Wars when Disney bought it. Oh, yeah. He's the dude that kind of helps get the plans for the Death Star. But he's, like, in the background helping the the woman do the real work he kills a guy uh we over on honesty says thoughts on the real anthony fauci movie that is now out uh rather the real anthony Fauci movie that's now out i didn't know there was one that was out i've read most i've, I've read half of the book by rfk which is great can't wait to finish it all right orange hat thank you for the clarification halloween three is season of the witch has only one small scene with Michael Myers in, in, a, in, in a commercial in the background. Oh, okay, yeah. But isn't Season of the Witch, so Halloween 3 is what it is then. Isn't Halloween 3 Season of the Witch then 
um, because it's not really about Michael Myers, isn't it about the curse that does still relate and connect to Michael Myers because it's the same curse that he has, if I'm not mistaken? It's a movie of the book, says Jacques. Well, if I wasn't streaming, I would click on the link, but I don't have the ability to because of where the uh, chats are. Snorpoopus says, No, this was a 3D complete with silly glasses. Uh, Jonah Wingster, Odin, in Season of the Witch, Halloween exists as a movie like in our world. Ah, okay. Rob D, just remembered with this new Halloween trilogy, it screws itself by throwing out the older sequels. Why does Michael want to kill Laurie? Why is, why is Michael immortal? The older films answer these. It's a great point. Yeah, I think, again, as I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Season of the Witch goes into the very curse that answers a lot of these specific questions. Um, yeah, and and also, too, it, it also would help explain why was he able to have a impact on and influence on this kid and basically help him become evil, as it were. But yeah, all that becomes lost. That's why it's always sad when they try and do that nonsense. Fudge says, how do you feel about the new House of the Dragon Game of Thrones spinoff series? If you mean House of the Dragon, or you is, is there another spinoff that's going to be coming from House of the Dragon? If you just mean House of the Dragon, um, overall, I think it is a, it's a very big surprise. I think that it's doing much better than what I suspected it to do. Um, I mentioned this after the first few episodes. I said, you know, there's some really good stuff in here, but it still can't quite escape the shadow of season eight of Game of Thrones. And I still hold to that. I mean, Game of Thrones really did screw up the chances for this movie because you know where all of this leads to. Uh, and again, that that's just my own uh, personal reason as to why I, I have those initial issues. But episode four, and I know people are tired of me talking about episode four. To me, episode four was just over the line in many ways and just disgusting. And it has everything to do with how the young women were being presented on screen. They were being presented as being much younger than what they were. And to me, it was kind of a sign of the just the nasty nature of modern day Hollywood. And it disgusted me. Uh, luckily the other episodes didn't really have any of that nonsense, which makes you wonder why did you have it in the first place? Then it wasn't necessary at all. You didn't have to show the things that you showed. You didn't have to present those young girls as, as being young girls, young women rather as being young girls, but I digress. Master gaming Gemini man also had high frame rate in theaters when it came out only in select theaters. I think I remember hearing about that. Modelicious, how many limbs will Harrison Ford break working for Marvel? Is he really honestly working for Marvel? I don't I just honestly don't feel like if he's if he's barely getting through Indiana Jones in one piece, how is he gonna get through a Marvel movie? Steven Tad say, I'm sure you rank Star Fox as a classic. How you like Star Fox Adventure, especially Crystal. Um I never played Star Fox Adventure. Uh, the original Star Fox, 60, uh, Star Fox 64. That was my jam. Loved that game. Snort of Poopus. That's no moon. That's Borkins. <laughs> uh, mean Green tends to say Captain Marvel 2 is called The Marvels because uh, Nia DaCosta is protesting the fact that Monica Rambeau, Tayana Paris, should be the MCU Captain Marvel, not Carol Danvers. And it's because of that kind of nonsense that the movie is inevitable is inevitably going to fail. 
<laughs> Steven says, what's the Elvish word for friend? Balrog. It always sounds like he's saying Balrog, which I always found a bit interesting. I know he's not saying it, but Balrog is what it sounds like he's saying. Uh, Alex McCarthy, yeah, Dynamite, it's, it's, uh, it's not a permanent thing. It's Tuesday Night Dynamite, and I believe it's bec- since since Dynamite and AEW are on TNT TBS, that's big for the uh, MLB postseason. And so my guess is that there's a major game going on tomorrow, and so therefore they moved it to Tuesday instead. Would be my guess. There, there has to be something big going on tomorrow that would make them move. But it's not a permanent thing. It's just a temporary measure. All righty then. Mean Green. Tony Stark got <laughs> the five minutes in Iron Man and fans loved it. But when She-Hulk gets laid, she gets hate. Why? Uh, mean Green, are you trying to defend it? So he- here's here's the issue. It's not that Tony Stark is getting cheered for it. It's that we hear constantly about the complaints because here's the thing the same people who were complaining about people tony people like tony stark being a womanizer etc right are the same people who are now cheering for women doing the same thing that's the problem is that it, it's not consistent that's what's being complained about the the complaint is wait a minute these are the same people that will go out of the way to call men toxic for doing this, but then when a woman does it, it's supposed to be empowering. That's where the hypocrisy is, Mean Green, or Mean Gene, sorry, Mean Gene. I don't know why I say Mean Green. But if you're defending it, I have to ask, what in the world are you smoking? Uh, Tags again. Black Adam has a bad Rotten Tomatoes score by critics, so it will now get a great fan score. There's a good chance. Again, it's not always a guarantee. General Wingster, uh, your wife enjoyed Terry on cocaine and revenge, did she? <laughs> yes, she did. And actually, when they mentioned that in Cobra Kai, because we we got very quickly through through binging, uh, very quickly through Cobra Kai, when that line is said, she just was like, "Yes, this is exactly <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted uh, for this character." Uh, but yeah, she she's a big fan of it. <laughs> Fudge says, how do you feel about the House of the Dragon? I think I already answered your question there. Uh, let's see. Just another red shirt who is a member of the channel says, Grace Randolph is a toxic feminist and a champagne socialist, i.e. untrustworthy. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why. So why she should be seen as being untrustworthy. Uh, especially since she will likely criticize misogynistic men and yet she will go out of her way to <laughs> to over sexualize and to objectify several men but again it's fine when she does it that's a little bit of a hip 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 hypocrisy again people are not complaining because she hulk is is sleeping with somebody the complaint is that wait a minute the people writing this character and establishing this character are the same people that complain about the opposite. It's empowering for her, but it's degrading when it's the other way around. That is the problem that's being called out amongst the other 
incredibly cringe things that the show has. Jason in space is a good one, says, absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Sora Poopa says, someone uh, called me normal once. I was never so insulted in my life. Yeah, normal is boring. It is definitely boring, for sure. <laughs> uh, General Wingster, as I said, uh, I, I am not an expert. I am not an expert when it comes to the Halloween franchise. So I'm very thankful for Orange Hat for, for laying things out for me. So so it's number three that's Season of the Witch. And as I said, I've not seen it, but I think that's the one that is explaining the curse, right? I don't know. Fridays are so busy now. I know, right? Fridays are crazy. Fridays be crazy now. Uh, Super says, if this is too much of a spoiler, you don't have to answer. But how do you feel about Rainus in the most recent episode of House of the Dragon? It's definitely a decision. So, the, yeah, the, her character makes a decision. And it, it does definitely, I think, get into some spoilers for those that haven't watched it. But I think anyone watching this likely has either already watched this episode of House of the Dragon or doesn't care about spoilers for it. So I'll say spoiler warning now for the next few minutes. But essentially, yeah, when 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 Rainey's when she has this great epic moment, right, of, of the dragon coming out from beneath the sept, and it, it's just like looking like she's about to wreak havoc, and she has a moment where she can just roast the newly crowned king, and uh, and his mother. Yeah, it's it's a it's a choice that I think you're going to find criticism of because some will say, well, why? I mean, even the showrunners at the very end, I was actually watching the inside of the episode and even they say, yeah, we, we recognize that some people may not like this decision. And it makes sense because they even, they even, they bring this point up. Well, you know, she knows that if she, uh, if she kills this, this, this kid, right. If she kills this King, if she kills the, these people, that uh, she'll be able to probably stop uh, war. But she also understands what it's like to be a mom. <laughs> and so, therefore, she shows mercy, but then also guarantees that there's going to be a long, drawn-out war. So, yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I don't really understand the logic to that one. I don't think it's really consistent with her character either. Not that it's necessarily against her character completely, but you've established that she got she gets locked up in the beginning of the episode because they're afraid that she is going to uh, again warn about what's going on, go and tell Renera's what's going on, and Renera what's going on, and that she'll come back, and that there will be this you know long war and, and waged battle, etc. And they clearly show that they would be willing to kill her if she refuses. And then she just goes ahead and, and, and I guess turns the other cheek, which hey, I'm all about as as a Christian. But in the context of the show, it's like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem to make much sense. So, yeah, I'm kind of mixed on it. Uh, Soul Assassin says, do a barrel roll. <laughs> Your father helped me like that, too. I love that. Love that game. Orange Hat says, Odin, the elvish word for friend is Melon. Ah, okay. Melon. That makes sense. I was saying it right, but I just wasn't saying it right. Uh, Wayward Noodle, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Thank you for joining. I'll get to your super chat in just a second. 
Uh, Wayward Newell says, did you see the trailer for Weird Al? If so, what are your thoughts? Uh, I have. The one with Daniel Radcliffe. I saw the teaser trailer for it. I am incredibly compelled. And I don't know why. It shouldn't work at all. But I also know that Daniel Radcliffe is not one to undermine or or, or to underestimate. If anyone's going to pull it off, I, I can see him doing it. And I think... Was did Chris Gore get to see it early? And and I think he might be talking and 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 praising the film. I think it might be a movie that I might find entertaining. It might be quirky enough for me to to actually find some enjoyment in. It's a movie that I would definitely want to watch with with the wife though, because my wife actually is a big fan of Weird Al. Um, so I think that she's also a big Harry Potter fan of the books, not so much the movies, but enjoys the movies enough. So I think that she would probably be interested to see this portrayal of Weird Al, which, again, the, the reason why it's weird for me ca- casting-wise is because I know for a fact that Daniel Radcliffe is short, but I also know that Weird Al, one of the things about him is that he's very lanky, and I, I think it's because he's also tall, if I'm not mistaken. Usually you're lanky and tall. So I was like, that's an interesting casting choice. But as I said... If anyone could pull it off, I, I I think he could. And so I'm I'm actually intrigued by it. Is it already out on because it's it's a Roku release of all things. It's very weird. I know the whole process of the film has been weird. Everything about it is weird. The casting, the the subject matter, and then also the place in which it's being released as well, you know? Um so I, I th- is it already released? I don't know. If it is, it's it's on Roku, which again, very odd place for for a release. Over on uh, Rumble, when women this is King Kang Rumshki, when women sleep around too much, their pair bonding goes. They can't maintain LTRs anymore. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, and with that, I am actually caught up with the chat. That is a rare circumstance, and with only four minutes left, we'll go ahead and end the show on time tonight. So thank you all very much for watching. Uh, This has been a fun, fun discussion. We talked a little bit about Halloween Kills going back, or rather Halloween Ends. Thank the Lord, Halloween Ends. Talked a little bit of Rings of Power. Talked a little House of the Dragon as well, amongst other things. So yeah, we actually finally have movies coming out this week. We actually have Black Adam coming out this week. Let me know as as we're ending the show whether you have any plans of going to see it or not. Again, I'm kind of ambivalent towards it, but hey, it's a big movie coming out finally, so I might actually have to go and and watch it on uh, Thursday and watch the premiere and see if there's any person that's actually going to be in the theater with me. Uh, But anyway, Super Anime Gamer, thank you very much for for being. Uh, He says he's following along with it. It also makes all future events her fault. That's also a very good point as well. Absolutely. So anyway, with all that being said, thank you all so very much for for being here. Jagosov says, would it be more fitting to have a Weird Al movie where Weird Al plays himself in the movie, but still looks like he does at every stage of his life? I think that would have been intriguing. But as I said, if anyone's going to pull it off, I think Daniel Radcliffe could probably do it. Could probably do it. So two movies begging for your reviews, Barbarian and Smile. Yes, I know. Um, I'm hoping to be able to, to see either of them. I actually, uh, there's a movie that I have access to called Medieval. Some people had recommended that one to me. It left theaters, but I have access to it. Um, I can't say much more about it. 
not because of anything with the high seas, but because of embargo reasons. So um, I'm going to try to watch that one uh, as well and give a review. But we'll have to see about time. Back in school this week. So as you all know, that's where my my main focus ends up going. I'm going to try and do a box office uh, preview, though, tomorrow, going further into these Black Adam numbers, trying to compare them to the first Shazam numbers. Again, these numbers actually have ticked down uh, by about 8%. And as I said, I think the intriguing thing about Black Adam is going to be those international numbers. That's going to be what makes or breaks this movie. And and really also will show us, does The Rock's presence internationally and the fact that he is able to promote very heavily and very well and effectively internationally, as we've seen with other films from him, is it going to be enough for this movie or not? That's what's going to be, I think, the most interesting part about it all. So anyway, thank you all very much for being here. A huge shout out to, uh, to my Valkyrie, Tina, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you very much for being here this evening. To all my members, to all those that's, uh, that supported via Super Chat donation, all those who liked, who smashed the rumble button, who light up the fire button, every single person out there. Seriously, it really does mean a lot. And uh, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I will see you all on Friday for Friday Night Tights, uh, where we will, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll finally be able to, uh, to put to bed some of the <laughs> conversations about Rings of Power and also uh, maybe start to talk about other things, too. And uh, with all that being said, you all have a wonderful rest of your day. A shout-out to Tina B., who is my newest Chosen of Valhalla member. I will try and get you in the shout-outs video uh, if I can. If not, I'll, I'll add you in the beginning of November. Uh, but anyway, you guys are all amazing. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody. Blessed Feast of St. Luke. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge special shout-out to all of my locals, Patreon, and Subscribestar members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with Patreon, Father Luca Illich, Garrett Searles, Joe Horn, Jaime Ari Heimason, Jeff Toon, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Orange Hat Reviews, you can check out over on YouTube at the channel with the same name. Rosetta Allen, who also has a YouTube channel called Eagle Rider. And Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel by the same name. Thank y'all very much, my Patreon supporters. And also for my Subscribestar peeps, Matt317, who you can check out over on Twitch at Matt317, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and ZK Man, who you can check out over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, my locals members, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan, How About a Hockey Player, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, For the Win, J.H. Schwalbach, and the great lawyer, Robert Barnes. Thank you all so very much for your support. If you would like for your name to be shouted out at the end of every live stream and video, please make sure to check out the top link in the video description where you can sign up over on Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals. You get access to things not only like shoutouts, but also to giveaways of 4Ks and Blu-rays, an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger every single month, and also the Chosen of Valhalla live stream for my Chosen of Valhalla members, which we do once a month, and it is a lot of fun. So all of this and plenty of more content, check out those links in the link tree in that top comment down below. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. A blessed October to everyone out there. Blessed month of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And as always, God bless.